Kaye, little cowboys and cowgirls out there. Welcome back. Welcome back to the Homesteads and Homeschools podcast. I'm your host, the Liberty Hippie, here with you for yet another week. Another week. Thank you all for coming back, coming back and, and hitting that download button, hitting that subscribe button, mashing all them buttons as I'm Southerners say down here. My guest today is uh, Miss Harley S. She's out there in the, the deserts of Arizona and uh, she's starting a garden starting doing some gardening. She did some gardening as a, as a kid, and uh, she had some rabbits that she's been raising for, for some time now. But, you know, we talked about about that. We talked about her getting getting a garden going again, um, learning you know, the new new environment, new climate, and how that kind of works. It's a fun, fun little interview here. Um, keep you guys entertained and occupied. Unfortunately, my recording software decided to eat a file. So, I had to use a backup file, and the sound quality for that is, uh, you know, not the best. Not the best. It's listenable. Definitely listenable. And I encourage you to keep listening. But uh, if you do hear the difference, um, that's why. Because I, I made a boo-boo. Made a boo-boo. All right, well, let's just get into it. Let's go plant those liberty seeds with my guest, Miss Harley S. My guest today is uh, is Miss Harley. She is out there in in the desert somewhere, trying to to grow some things amidst all this madness. So um, she's on today. We're going to talk about uh, her getting back into some some garden stuff, and uh, I don't know, maybe some rabbits, and then who knows where else it will go. But Harley, thank you for uh, taking the time out today and uh, sitting down. No problem. Thank you for having me on here. Spoke to you the other day a little bit. Um, you had. Said so you gardened when you were younger, um, a little bit. You had a, a garden or something. Was it was it a garden garden? Was it like your parents' garden or who? How did that work? Um, by then, I was in my mid to late teens, so it was kind of a it was a mix of both my parents and mine. We all kind of picked out what we wanted to do. We had our own little like greenhouse areas to start our own seeds, and we'd plant different things. You know, we had, um, tomato plants and peppers, um, a couple different greens. We tried melons that didn't really work out too well. Um, but yeah, we had a, we different, fl- lots of flowers, tons and tons of flowers. So it wasn't anything, uh, okay. major, but you know, it was, it was a start as much as you could in a smaller Sacramento suburb type area. Okay, I was gonna ask, Harry, were you uh, where whereabouts that was? What so you were out in California then? Was that like a suburban lot? Is that what you said? Yes. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was. It was more in the city for sure. Okay. So how did how did that go? Did you just kind of have a little bit of lawn you guys tilled up, or was it uh, some space that you actually were able to set aside? Mostly in planters. Um, so we we kind of kept to to easy to contain. Things. We did have some things that we kind of tilled up a bit and put in the ground, but um, we also had a selection of different little little fruit trees. We had a giant fig tree in the back. And also, it, it was pretty sporadic, to be honest. We were just it was all uh, <laughs> learned by trial and error. So we just kind of got a collection of things we wanted to try out and just kind of would see what would happen. For sure, for sure. And I I, I know how that goes. <laughs> um, I'm kind of curious. Do you do you recall like what? 
anything that didn't work in containers, because always some things I feel like you wouldn't be able to do in containers just because of their, their root structure. Um, but I've never actually tried it. So do you, were there any that, that didn't work for you? Um, really the ones that didn't work in those were just ones that didn't really take off so well to begin with. Like maybe they sprouted and then quickly died off. Um, I did have a passion fruit vine that was doing pretty okay until we had a really big, just like heat spike one day and it just fried it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I was pretty bummed. Um, that, that was mine. That was my plant too. I was pretty oh, bummed, man. but, um, yeah, then there, like we, I, there is other things that we considered, like, let's see how well they grow. And then if they're taken off, well, then we'll stick them in the ground somewhere. So we did that like with watermelon and loofah and other things. And those just did not work. Like the biggest watermelons I got were the size of like the gumball. <laughs> yeah. I, I grew up in like upstate New York, uh, New England area kind of never, never could do watermelon. I'm down here in Georgia and we're doing watermelon just fine. But uh, oh, yeah? a lot of it is just kind of, you know, where you are and, how it works but what was it that i guess that made you guys decide to to want to to garden or why why did you decide to put a put some containers and stuff in um to be honest it was just are, are we, we're still talking like my my mom and teenage yeah 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 as a, as a kid like what, what was it that it was just yeah you know, my mom always wanted her own garden but for a long time we just didn't really live in a place where that was conducive so it really mainly started when we moved to the last house we lived in is before we left sacramento and it was just a much better area for it it was a fairly decent sized yard lots of greenery like i mentioned already had a few like small fruit trees but then there was like this big um, open ground area in the front yard where she was able to put in her morning glories and gladiolas and all kinds of things. So it just kind of kept expanding from that. Very cool. Very cool. So now between then and now you've, you've moved and you're, you're on your own there with your kids and everything. Do you, how old is your garden now? How long have you been doing that for that where you are? Uh, not very long at all. Um, haven't really moved into this property for that long ago. So it's, okay. it's pretty, um, it's, it's, it's pretty new. I, um, have some things that seem to be doing pretty okay so far, but it's definitely trial and error out here. It's a very different climate from what I grew up in. Yeah. So how, how is that learning, learning the climate? How long have you been in that like area? Maybe not that particular house, but like that, that area. Oh, I've been in this area for about coming up on uh, six, seven years now, but um, I didn't, I just didn't live, really live in an area where I could grow a whole lot of uh, space on my own. So now I do, and I'm trying to take advantage of that. What have you been able to figure out for, uh, for your climate, for your temperature? Like how, how has that affected what you've been doing? Um, have you done any like reading or found anybody local to talk to or anything like that? Not a whole, I mean, I've, I've researched stuff online and whatnot, but mm -hmm. uh, where I live, it's, it's very open. There's actually a lot of natural greenery around here. Um, it's, it's right by the Saguaro National Park. Like, like, the, like the very backyard, if I look out my window, that's a national park. And so there's a lot of natural plants out here, tons of it. And so I'm just kind of trying to figure out, you know, I've been doing a lot of research on what, what plants are uh, hardier for drought, et cetera. 
And um, so it's mostly just been Google research, YouTube research, you know, things like that. That's how I learn everything is just look it up yep. on YouTube and see what I find. Yeah, I, I, uh, I know that. I know that well. When we moved down to, to Georgia, it was, you know, night and day different, uh, heat and cold and all that. So it was, uh, it's been a learning curve, but it, um, when you can figure it out, it, it does work. Um, are there many people around you growing stuff? Like, is there like a, any, any sort of local CSA or farmer's market type things around there? Um, not so much in my specific area. Um, I also don't even have a ton of neighbors to be honest, but I do have one that has beautiful front yard, actually just tons of big thriving fruit trees, like pomegranates and different nice. citrus and stuff. So, I mean, I know it's possible as long as, as you do it right, which is what I'm trying to do. Uh, but, um, yeah, actually other than that one neighbor, I don't know. I don't think a whole lot of others around here really grow a whole lot on their own. Interesting. All right. Have you, um, put any, any fruit trees in around your place at all? Have you yes. looked at that at all? Yet? Yes, actually I've got orange, lemon and lime, and I'm looking to expand that. Good deal. How, how long have they been in for? Oh, not very long. <laughs> only, right. only a couple of weeks, but so far they're doing pretty good. So nice. I, I always uh, fruit trees are so hard because like you get them in, and then if they die, you just, it's like such a setback. You know, like your your vegetables are these annual crops that you can. If it dies, it's you know ninety days, right. you know, one hundred and eighty days max. Like that, you're you're out with the, the fruit trees and stuff. It's like such a longer time span it's uh oh no it is i actually had uh when i moved here i did have some in pots trees that i grew from seed like from the like i just pulled out some apple mm -hmm. seeds and pears and other things just some fruit from the store and germinated and then planted them and i was growing them for about three years and then moved out here and i had them in planters and while i was at work dog just Knocked them over, completely destroyed them, dug out all the dirt. So I'm like, okay, well, there goes three years of nothing. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 such a loss. It's it's almost traumatic uh, when they <laughs> when they do that. But uh, so, did you? How is that with um? How is like watering and stuff by you? Is it get pretty hot during the day? You gotta worry about keeping things irrigated or irrigated? Not as much out here. You can kind of water them like early morning before it's too hot or like in the evening when it starts to cool down because that'll kind of give them time to soak up the water and stay healthy but doing it midday yeah you don't really want to necessarily water midday because that water is going to dry before it really gets to the roots yeah yeah that <laughs> yeah watering watering during the day is a, a big big no-no but all right that, that's what i was going to say earlier uh when containers i tried containers once upon a time and like it was just i was watering them all the time it was almost too much to 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 do anymore so i, I quit but um so what do you got growing what are you what are you putting in the ground now are you still working out of containers are you trying to what i'm doing is i have some things i have most of my stuff is in containers right now as are small because another thing we have to be careful with out here are ground squirrels and rabbits they're they're just everywhere and so I, I can't, I, I kind of keep them in containers, um, to try to keep them safe, you know, so they're not directly in the ground where they can easily get nibbled on by something, you know? And then once they're big enough, then put them in the ground when I feel like they can kind of hold their own. So right now in planters, I actually have, um, green beans, 
uh, green bean vines sprouted, uh, some kind of peas. I don't remember what kind of peas, but some kind of peas. <laughs> um, and then I've got uh, sweet potato vine. Um, what else? I've got rosemary, sage. I've got some basil sprouts, oregano sprouts. Um, I have some other thing. Oh, I've got some lavender. I've got, what was the other thing? Oh, I do have some beets in a big container too. Cause I figure, you know, interesting. Yeah. I, I kind of, I got a bunch of seeds mainly for smaller vegetables in the meantime, until I can properly build a bigger raised garden bed area. That way, you know, cause I have some like big containers and I'm like, well, if they only grow like three inches long, I can make do and just have multiple containers and grow a few, you know, little batches at yeah. a time. So I'm just kind of experimenting and seeing what happens. Yeah. It's a, it's a experience for sure. Uh, how are the beats doing? Are they pretty good? Actually. Along no, they are. They're actually doing pretty good so far. That's very cool. Cause I, I never, um, I thought like the root root crops were, would not do so well in, in, uh, in containers, but I guess if, if they're deep enough, I don't know. Yeah, I just have some really deep, but it's only a few, you know, like a couple of them spread out so they don't, you know, I'm, I'm keep it so far. They seem to be doing okay. I don't really expect them to get too huge, but I also kind of want them to, I, I specifically chose smaller breeds like Thumbelina carrots and things like that. So that way I can also uh, pickle or jar them easier. So I, yeah, I kind of intentionally chose like smaller produce. Good deal. Yeah, it's it's um, it's wild what's out there when you like dig into the different varieties and stuff. For um, I think two years ago we had we were growing we had watermelon that were like f four or five pound watermelons. They were just like the size of bowling balls, but it it made more sense for us. You know, like I can put that in the fridge. The kids can eat it in one right. sitting. You know, this like thirty pound watermelon sitting around that is just gonna, you know take up half the fridge and go bad. Right. Yeah. Like that would be fun, but that would just, yeah, it wouldn't be very conducive for me, you know? So I'm, I'm, yeah. so I'm kind of trying to kind of focus on like herbs, medicinal plants and just smaller produce and then the fruit trees. That way I'm not too overwhelmed with anything big or, you know, that would take up a lot of space. Yeah. The, uh, the herbs is something really cool too. We just, um, a couple of years ago kind of figured out that like, uh, you know, your rosemary, your oregano, your thyme and stuff are, are perennials where we are. And, you know, so instead of putting weeding by the, the sidewalk all the time, we just have a bunch of rosemary there. And it's like, it's almost a nuisance, you know, you gotta <laughs> hack it back. And, but it's, it's wild what can, what you can actually grow when you kind of think about things and plan for things a little bit. I don't know, just to, to me, it seems much more valuable to be growing, uh, something that I can actually use rather than just exactly look at. exactly that's kind of what I'm trying to do too you know I have a uh, I did have to buy my rosemary plant just I just I just haven't had any luck with the seeds at all whatsoever so I did go ahead and buy it and it's so far it's doing just fine I also bought the lavender and it's been the lavender has been thriving um yeah that's what I found too like the only I can grow, I can grow cilantro and basil from seed but much else from seed it just doesn't nothing seems to work for some reason i don't know i just can't can't do it so yeah it's been the rosemary just hasn't been working my catnip hasn't been taking the oregano has the basil i've tried two different types of basil and the dark opal basil has been going better than the regular basil um, um and then yeah that's that's 
and then I went ahead and just got a sage plant because it was on clearance and I got I stocked yeah. I stocked up at Lowe's the other day because they're having like this big gardening sale where, where everything was like dirt cheap so I just got a bunch of stuff but uh so far everything's doing pretty good good deal good deal I love those those sales you know like uh, all the we got a bunch of stuff from Walmart that was all like knocked down and you know the price that it is if well, you know a third of them die I'm still money ahead you know if you can hold off and wait sometimes it's amazing what what is out there oh yeah definitely uh, definitely what, I'm curious what you're doing with the the sweet potato. Are you going to put them in the ground or are you going to try to keep them in a, in a container? No, I'm most likely going to put those in the ground. I have a little over an acre out here and um, I do raise the, my, my rabbits and sweet potato and sweet potato vines are just one of those things that are really beneficial, beneficial for them. So that's another thing I try to kind of focus on is what kind of plants can my rabbits eat you know, I actually tried raspberry. I tried a raspberry plant and that just did not take at all whatsoever. So are you going to, with the sweet potato vines then, are you planning on being able to harvest some of the, the tubers as well? Or are you just growing it solely for the vine purpose? Hopefully some of the actual sweet potatoes and all, but we'll see what happens. If, if I end up only with vines, that's okay. It's, it's again, it, it'll, it'll get put to use. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, for sure. We, uh, we did well with it a couple of years ago. It's it's just it grows like crazy down here and you barely have to water it or do anything to it. Once you get it in the ground, it's like good to go, you know? But, yeah, that's what I'm trying to work with are just plants that are more drought hardy. Like citrus trees do really well out here. So that's why you know, I got the lemon and the lime and the orange and I've got those figured out. I'm looking into doing, uh, I want to get pomegranate and uh, really there's a bunch I want to do. Fig, I'd like to get a fig one. <laughs> Uh, mango apparently does pretty, I hear avocado does well, but I have had horrible luck sprouting an avocado plant from pit. I just, it hasn't happened. I keep seeing all these tutorials online. I was like, Oh yeah, look at my avocado. I can't get it to happen. I don't know. I, I don't know how many times I tried that as a kid and it just failed every single time. And I gave up my, my son's trying it right now and he looks like he might have one that is going to go, but uh, I, I'm done. Yeah, I've done had no that. luck. I've had absolutely no luck. <laughs> oh man. So um your rabbits, do you have them uh in in hutches? Is it a colony or what do you what do you have them in? No, I don't have them in colony anymore. Um, especially since they're mostly females and it's breeding season and I don't really like keeping the females in colonies when they're it's breeding season because anything can happen to the babies, you know. So um they are currently in large cages and uh you know, they're, they're, they've all, almost all of them have litters right now. Good deal. What kind of rabbits do you have? I have a mix of different rabbits. I have velveteen lops, which are more for pet purposes than meat. And then I'd have um, a couple of purebred wrecks and just various meat mutts. All right. You know, those, those, uh, those dwarfs, those little ones are just uh, single servings. That's all. <laughs> yeah. That's I all. don't bother with the tiny ones. <laughs> how, uh, how long have you been doing the rabbits for? I'd say about three years now. All right. How much do you do for the most part? You do meet with them then, or is that kind of? Yeah, not for like to sell or anything. It's strictly for family use. And then I'll sell, if somebody wants to buy a rabbit, I'll sell them a rabbit, which like I said, the velveteen lops I have are mainly for pets. Uh, but yeah, the meat is just family use. Yeah, yeah, I I hear you there. I we used to do rabbits. I I miss them, but uh, I don't know. What do you so what do you do in the the summer for them? Because I know rabbits, you know, are 
they like the cold and, and, you know, down in, I'm in Georgia and imagine it's kind of, sounds like you get warmer than I do, but, uh, what do you do for them? Um, so what we used to do back when I was still on my mom's, uh, property, um, we had a we had a kind of a couple different move outs back and forth with a couple different methods. We actually had all of the male rabbits in the colony. Well, I say colony. It was the chicken yard. They all ran around in the chicken yard. And, you know, a lot of people, oh, you never stick your male rabbits together. No, they actually got along fine. You know, it wasn't like a ton of males. It was like five males. And they all just, they left each other alone. They'd go do their thing. They didn't have any issues. So if it got too hot, they could burrow. They could you know, get to so a lot of them would uh, dig under the quail cages, right under the, the dirt where the quail were. And it was nice and cold and damp in there and they'd stay in there. The females, we had some females in a colony and they would do the same thing. Um, these are mostly females that we didn't always intend on, or, or we were waiting on them to be old enough to breed. So then they had their, their area. And for the others that we kept in cages, and this is what we do now, we had like a big, uh, tarp like a built tarp tent setup like with like with the poles from a car garage post thing and just a bunch of tarps and then there would be a hospital grade air conditioning unit blowing right down the center in between the cages and so we'd go out there every couple hours and check on them make sure their water is full before we had that set up we also had way fewer rabbits before then but uh then we would just freeze ice packs or two liter soda bottles with, you know, just freeze some water in them and let, give them those to lay on. And that helped a lot too. Okay. I've, I've heard of some people doing that with the, uh, the frozen water bottles and stuff. It just seems like so much work to me. I don't know. And I love rabbits. I love having them. Oh yeah. It, it was a lot of work, but it was efficient. And some of my rabbits, I don't have to worry about so much just because they're more heat hardy. As long as they've got like a breeze and shade, they're okay. Others you really have to be careful with. And it really depends on the breed. Interesting. Interesting. I'm surprised there's not like a, uh, there probably is, I guess, a, a heat hardy breed that's more designed for Southern, Southern living. But. Well, the key is the size of their ears. That was actually a project my mother was trying to work on was a specific type of meat rabbit with the bigger, um, she would describe it as like jackrabbit ears because that's like their ventilation. So the bigger the ears, the easier it would be for them to stay cool. So that was kind of one of her side projects, so to speak. We all kind of had our little side projects of what we were doing mm -hmm. with these rabbits. <laughs> and um, for the most part, mine are pretty hardy. They're, they're pretty good. But um, you do have to be careful about purchasing rabbits from cooler climates because then you're going to have a really hard time. Yeah. Yeah. That's interesting. I wonder if you can go get your, get your kids out there to trap one of those like uh, desert rabbits with the big ears, you know, and pop it into your breeding line and work that in. That would be fun, but they're too genetically different. <laughs> Man, you ruined it. Are they? <laughs> yes, actually. They would not, they would not create viable babies. Oh, well. All right. So do you have, um, I guess what, what prompted you to get back into it, to, to start with the garden again, to get some, some rabbits going and, and have that? Um, why, why did you decide to, to do all that? Well, the rabbits I started uh, when I was, living on my mom's property. And so when we moved out, I just took the rabbits with me. She decided to get out of doing rabbits. And so she told me either just take who you want, sell or put down the rest. And so that's what I did. And so that the rabbits just kind of, I, I didn't, I never stopped doing the rabbits. Um, as far as the gardening goes, I've, I'm very, I'm definitely very uh, pro 
emergency prep and learn how to grow your own food, be more self-sufficient where you can. And to be honest, I kind of put it off because after moving into this property, I started two different jobs and it ended up taking a lot more time than I expected just because uh, like they're both supposed to be just, you know, a couple of days a week part-time. I wasn't supposed to be working any more than like 25 hours a week, but I ended up working for a while close to 60 hours a week just because people kept getting fired or quit or whatever. And they, I had to keep covering shifts. So that took a lot of my time and it really delayed what I wanted to do with this property. So now uh, I'm on hold with both of my jobs, thanks to the quarantine and all that jazz. One of them I might not get back just uh, because it looks like that company is going to likely shut down permanently. And um, so now I have all the time in the world. <laughs> Yeah, it's uh, it's one way to look at it. I guess it's uh, it's crazy, crazy stuff going on out there. But um, all right, so getting that in there, that's, I think that's probably one of the things that uh, I know I like most about that being being able to have your own food and your own take care of yourself a little bit, you know. And you still got to get things from from other people and other places here and there. But when you can do a lot of it at home, it kind of helps. Feels better. I don't know. Oh, definitely. Um, and my two children, you know, one wants to be a. Uh, a chef with his own, he has this big dream of having like his own uh, big restaurant slash bar with a music venue and a gift shop where it's, it sells things like, like sauces and jams and other handmade goods from other local sellers. And he wants his own big garden with it and everything. And then my daughter actually wants to be a holistic doula. So both of nice. <laughs> yeah. So both of them, um, gardening is very important for them to learn and, both of those aspects. So that's another big motivation for sure. Good deal. Good deal. So you, uh, you, you mentioned you, you homeschool a little bit. Um, how, how long have you been doing that for? Oh, I've been homeschooling them their whole lives. All right. Was that a decision you made like, uh, before they were around or was that something that came on later? It was something that I definitely wanted to do uh, well well before they were born. I, I bounced around back and forth through homeschooling myself growing up. And after my la high school was just some of the worst years of my life, particularly in mm -hmm. public school. So I just, there's, I, I wouldn't feel right sticking my children in that. Yeah. All right. So what was, how was that bouncing around going? Did you spend most of your time in, in public school or? Um, basically I started off being homeschooled up until fifth grade. In fifth grade, I kind of started a little late. I was like a month into the school year before I started public school and it, I had a really rocky start. It was, uh, it was actually a really horrible first day and things got a little better the next year, junior high. I went to a charter school and they were, it was absolutely horrible. I was just horror stories, horror stories. My freshman year of high school, typical high school struggles, but you know, nothing like absurd. It wasn't until we had this really horrible series of events happen and I bounced around high school to high school for a bit. And the last two high, public high schools I went to were, were just all those horrible things you read about in the news, mm -hmm. all within like five, four months. I mean, it was, it was horrible. And so, so it was like junior year. I begged, do not put me back in public school again. Like I was just at home in tears 
miserable daily. And I just begged, never stick me back into public school again. And that's when I, and after that, I homeschooled the rest of the rest of my high school years. Nice. Good deal. All right. So I guess you, uh, you appreciate it if you're, uh, homeschooling your own then, right? Oh yeah. And I live in one of the best States for that too. Okay. I didn't, didn't know that. I know there's a few, few that are pretty good and some that are not so good. No, Arizona is actually one of the most lenient homeschooling states there is all you have to do is like fill out a form and say yep i plan on homeschooling them i plan or i promise i'll uh, teach them math and science and shit and then after that it's it's whatever it's whatever you there's no testing there's no state curriculum there's nothing it's all under your own discretion so and then at once they graduate high school you can just say yep graduated high school and you can order a state sanctioned um graduation certificate Cool. Very cool. We, uh, I think we're not too bad here in Georgia. We have, they, they have to take, take a, uh, like a standardized test every, every three, three years, but, uh, it doesn't go to the state. It just goes to the parents. So I don't know if that's, uh, just some, some deal they have worked out with the test companies that, you know, uh, yeah, contracts to, to sell tests, but, uh, who knows? Anyway, so uh, if people are interested, because you're out there, you just started a podcast, you're, uh, out there on Twitter doing things, um, where can they go to to find you, find more more about you? Um, that's tough to say, to be honest. Like, <laughs> you know, I mean, I'm on different social. Really, I only started the podcast because people, you know, it was kind of bounced around as an idea because I started guest speaking on other people's. And then people are, oh, maybe you should just start your own by now. I'm like, eh, I don't know. And then I had all these people ask me about meat rapids and all these questions. I'm like, okay, it's it's just... I'll just do an episode and tell you what I do. And then after that, it was like, all right, well, may as well just turn this into more. So I don't know. I, well, if people want to hear, <laughs> well, if you, if, they, if people want to go check out that, uh, the, the, the very first episode you did on meat rabbits that one alone, um, it was, it was pretty in depth. I, I appreciate it. It was a lot of, a lot of good information in there. Um, I just, I love rabbits. and I think everybody, ought to do rabbits if they, if they can. It's an um, excellent start. It's really an excellent, if you want to look into farming, meat raising, homestead, et cetera, it's really a great first step. Yeah, yeah, it is. And you can do it on a, a very small scale. You know, you could do that in a, in a suburban lot. No problem. Oh, yeah, I know people who do it from their apartment. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, but all right, well, um, I'll throw a link to that one in the show notes at least, and uh, people can go listen to that. But yeah, if you want, there's <laughs> I don't have much else to offer right now, you know. Hey, it's all good, all good. Um, but all right, I, I appreciate you, you coming on and your, your time, and uh, wish you luck with your, your garden and your trees and all that. So. So Harley grows rabbits. She grows vegetables. I meant to ask her about ground squirrels. I, I don't know what a ground squirrel is. I, I forgot. I'm going to have to go go look that up. But anyway, guys, uh, I appreciate you guys checking it out. Go check out the show notes. Find her her links. If you are interested in rabbits, uh, she did a wonderful episode there on, on her podcast about rabbits. So go check that out. Not sure. I really, really want to do rabbits, but I just I don't know that I can swing it. Uh, there's a little bit of bonus content today. Um, 
conversation went on a little bit. We talked about some other things. If you want to check that out, go to patreon.com slash libertyhippie for I think like $2, $2.50 a month. You can get some of that. I got some seeds for you too. If you would like some seeds, do that. Check out the Discord. The Discord is, is growing a little bit here and there. Check that out. Get involved in some conversations. So I hope you guys out there are staying well, getting some sunlight, staying away from old people if you can, and uh, hanging out, loving your family. Loving your family. If, you, uh, if you're doing the homeschool thing right now, if you're strung out because teachers are sending work home and, and you got to do it and you don't know how to do it and there's all this, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. This is not homeschooling. This is not what homeschooling is. So I encourage you guys to hang in there if, if you're in that boat. And if you're not in that boat, well, enjoy the, the time, I guess. Find a way to make this a, a grand, grand vacation somehow. I don't know. Get all that spring cleaning done that you haven't been able to do, right? I guess we can can do that. Anyway, guys, uh, thanks for stopping in and checking this out. So just remember, guys, no matter what you're doing, use this. Use this time to get out there. Sow those seeds of liberty. We can all reap sheaves of freedom together. Write us this dream. 